welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Damonosophy 2.0 with your host, Paul Frederick. All right, we're live. Edgar Kerval. How you doing? Fine, fine. Just here relaxing at here at home. Um, no, nothing special today. It's, it's just normal. Awesome. Normal. Well, we're talking. We're talking because um, we're both going to be seeing each other in uh, a few weeks in Portland for the Black yeah. Flame PDX Festival. And so I wanted to uh, get you on the show here on Damonosophy to talk a little bit about what's coming up and everything. So, um, so, so, um, tell us a little bit about about yourself. You live in uh, Colombia, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I am uh, Edgar Carvalho, uh, 47 years old. Mm-hmm. I am working in Madrid for about uh, 25 years. Uh huh. I'm working mostly about the sinister path, shamanism, and mostly the correlate with with the dead. Uh huh. Mostly eighties and had been releasing my own publishing house. It's called Serious Limited Esoterica. I have released about seven books and some anthology books too. So everything is, is mostly about my my path. Also, I have been working in some musical projects, mostly into ritual music with Emilia and Nos Dos Diaz and others and other projects as well. And, Mostly it's my my work, mostly music and, and focusing into, into the left hand part and, and magic. Yeah, so you have a huge amount of uh, work that's that's online. I've been trying to take it all in. So do you, do you consider what you do to be left hand path? Left hand path is most a kind of individual path uh-huh. of celebration. Is a kind of introspection of each person to increase all the potential and psychic and spiritual powers that are there. But sometimes people don't know how to awaken, how to awake that. So in Levan Patrol, certain process or alchemical process, you can reach such level of subconscious in which you can release all that kind of energy that is latent there, but perhaps some people don't know how to to awake. Mostly a part of liberation. Shortly, Leham Pad is a part of liberation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It's a path of individual, individual self-liberation and uh, self-transformation and becoming. Yes. You also, I see you talk about uh, clefothic sorcery. So what does that mean? What does clefothic sorcery mean? Clefothic sorcery, mostly, I see the clefos not as many people see, like uh, coming from uh, 
the Kabbalistic tree of life, but I think that mostly of the Clifford's are a kind of uh, ten points of energy that each magician has inside, and through a process of, of, of deep workings, you can develop um, understand how to work with, with such powers. Mm -hmm. This mostly is mostly, uh, what can I say, a kind of going inside yourself and try to develop such kinds of, of energy. Mostly your, your own abilities, fears, and that kind of, of your own shadow to work through this level of knowledge is more a kind of exploration. So do, mostly, uh, so do you have uh, any influence from Aleister Crowley? Do you uh, incorporate any of Aleister Crowley's ideas into your work? There is a Crowley notion perhaps in, in past days. I was mostly the readings of books as The Vision and the Boys, Magic with the but mostly of, of my influence in my work could be Austin Norman's Spur or mostly Michael Bertius, mostly into the the bottom workings, but I mm -hmm. put my own workings into it. It's mostly my my main influences. So does um the concept of the holy guardian angel does that does that come into your work anywhere? Or the idea yes. of the, the daemon, the concept of the daemon? Yes. Is uh, the the holy guardian angel? So from my own perspective, it's like uh, the shadow self, mostly that who discover your your own daemon, your high self through a process of interiorization. When you introspect yourself, discover your own uh, fear, your own uh, capabilities to to awaken the, the psychic powers, and subconscious, you get in connection, in communion with your own your high self or daemon. Mostly it's a part of, of, of the primal state of consciousness. Perhaps sometimes uh, men forgot going back to, to such primal states of consciousness and this is most a part of this to to be in communion with, with your own self with your diamond this is for me the the holy guardian angel or mm -hmm. diamond sir yeah i definitely agree with that i think that that's a super important concept i think everything about the left hand path can just be really just be distilled down <laughs> to um the pursuit of individuality and it's like the holy guardian angel or the daemon is what constitutes that that's that's part of the uh what what makes us individuals is that we have like a higher unique self you know that is that is kind of above us and there's something about this this um level of existence that we are in right now to where we're kind of like separated from it but by pursuing initiation we try and like make that connection try and reconnect with that that aspect of ourselves. Of course, I agree with you. Yes, mostly people get a bit confused with that. But I think that each person have to explore his or her own daemon and working into that. Most a kind of a part of introspection. I mm -hmm. So how does uh, shamanism fit in with it? I see you mentioned shamanism a lot also. What, is that, what does that mean to you? So shamanism is most of a part of working according to laws of nature to use the, the elemental force of, of 
the nature of the Swaka plants to get in connection with the with demons or with uh, entities from uh, interdimensional stuff because for example my, my conversation there will be about the magical use of, of tobacco in, in the left hand path in the sinister path how you can invoke spirits with the, with the tobacco and how we can do a kind of connection between within the plants and the humans it's kind of uh, like a a kind of, of connector, a bridge between this world and, and, and the other side, and how we can work with, with plants, but in this case, the, the tobacco, to, to get that, that connection with the, with the, with the plant. So is your, is your presentation, are you going to be presenting on uh, tobacco in, uh, in Portland? Yes. I will give a, a first uh, a perspective about the, the sinister alchemy and how this process of the sinister alchemy in Lehampat can be worked with, with plants, specifically with the tobacco. Mm -hmm. How you can work with it for working, for example, with, with Lilith, but with Lucifer, with Arabsarak, the Clifa, or with Kajino, with San Muerte, how you can connect with the spirits. For example, we work with Goetias, with, uh, with tobacco. It's very a good exposition of that too. So this is the mind, mind working I will speak about there. That's exciting. So it's kind of like, like a smoke in the peace pipe, right? Yes, yes. So the main point is, I, I always try to be a kind of visionary. Uh -huh. So try to, to explore universe and experiment with, with entities, with the spirit. Using mostly plants, or sometimes use my own blood to get that, that connection. Is really, really great. It works. So I think uh, every person must have um, find their own methods of working because some methods don't work for another person for other years so it's more a kind of a the idea is to find the elements that work with you to work with for example some people don't like to use blood because simply it doesn't work so for me it works so i work with with the element and the, the, the same with tobacco tobacco is is like a, like a plant that have the fire, the four elements in in the in that. When you smoke it, you you get the, the iron, the element iron. When you pour fire, get the, the, the fire. The the water when when you smoke, your mouth is full of, of saliva. It's more yeah. it's the only plant that is connected with, with the four elements and it's really, really, really interesting. Sure. So do you have to now do you have to actually smoke it to to gain something from Tibet to work. Can you work with tobacco without smoking it? Because I, I used to be a smoker, but I quit. I don't smoke. <laughs> okay. Even I, when you when you get tobacco, you you suck and put the, the smoke in your mouth and blow it into the fetish. Blow it into the fetish and, and, and try to, to do the, the invocation or try to, to work mostly with mantras. In that that kind of, of connection with with the entity. Okay, so you're saying you don't actually have to inhale it then to to work with it. Yes, I, I don't I don't usually don't smoke. I only smoke with for magic or something. And... Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, tell me about uh, I saw you mentioned uh, the red path and the red uh, the red gods. Yes, yes, the red gods. What does that mean? 
the red gas was a serial experiments uh, I was working about 10 years ago. I was exploring methods uh, according to the tradition of the Exus from Brazilian Kimbanda and um, Clifotic magic and getting connection with seven entities that uh, I interact with, with, with these kind of entities and get really powerful results into the Parts of, uh, of the, some for divination, some for healing, some for destruction. For example, there is one called Shaksiva that is mostly connected with aspect related with our necromancy and divination. So to try to explore and connect with with that entities, mostly like, like this, mostly like seven divinities or intelligences that I get in connection and try to explore and communicate, interact each other to get mostly knowledge of something. So when you talk about um, entities and intelligences and stuff like that, what is that? What what do you think that is like metaphysically? What are uh, other intelligences? Is it other? Is it manifestations of human consciousness, reflections of, of your own consciousness? Or are there other things out there in your world? It's a very complex question because sometimes when you do a kind of magical working, sometimes there is a kind of reflection from your subconscious, something that comes from yourself. Uh -huh. But sometimes people, some people don't understand that, but there is a physical manifestation that don't come from your concept, but you can see, feel, smell, not even touch, because they have a physical body. But mostly you can feel, sense the smell. For example, you are doing some working, and you smell like a jasmine. For example, if you are in, in your altar and don't have any jasmine there, you do, for example, a working with a viewing or other goetic entity. For for just for example, and start to smell that from coming from from nothing and looking the a shadow in, in near your room or just say the um, shadows coming from the candles is just mostly a kind of physical manifestation different than the elements that coming from your subconscious that you can can take out about like a experiment and something inner yourself that like something like speaking inside yourself something coming from your subconscious and something that you can see the physical manifestation is mostly mostly that. Do you think it's important for people to have a understanding of these things, have a philosophical like sort of understanding of the metaphysics of these things in order to go in and start working with these things successfully? I think it's very important to people knows what comes from the subconscious what comes from from the physical plan because when we are working in in your respective ritual you are opening a, a kind of vortex of energy did you know that energy sometimes can manifest from different levels we're working with astral astral energy we are working with the levels from other level of assistance different to this plane other or parallel entities from living from from other other worlds that are here, but you can see 
sometimes uh, people get confused because they think that everything in magic comes from subconscious. I think that sometimes it happens, but some, sometimes it is mostly a kind of physically is great to understand that uh, spirits entities also be kind manifest in a physical way, not with human flesh, but also physical. From a, from a point of view. Hmm. So I got to back up then. So how uh, how did you get involved with this stuff? How did you discover the left hand path and and black magic? I mean, were just were you born this way, or were you did you did you how did you encounter it? It was uh, really very years ago. I was mostly about seventeen, eighteen years old. I got involved in, with several friends trying to read in typical stuff from uh, Marico and Anton Sandor LaVey, stuff looking into the um, libraries here about occult teams, subterranes, and get really impressed by the, the kind of inner chains that appears in my life. So being more introspecting it each time, questioning everything, and that's kind of, of questioning where you question yourself, question your life, question your 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 limitations, you learn how to explore more your, your, your inner self. I started working with that, so I understand and could know more about the order or the nine angles, get very involved in that kind of, of satanism because really, like so much that, that kind of working. After some years working, I uh, started working with uh, Alistair Crowley, this material from, from that point of, of, of Telema, working with some friends in the Logi Oasis to, for some years, and later getting connection with a book called Body Gnostic Workbook from Michael Bertis. He really was impressed because I have never had the experience to paint and I was studying um, graphic design, and I did a, a painting of the three candles and some shadows coming from the candles. Uh-huh. And after two months later, I got the Linda Palorio's book and got the Bodonostic Workbook and see the fifth chapter that the few rituals involve the views of candles and start to see the shadows. I think there is a kind of connection I understand that the, the, the Loas and Spirit from Voodoo called me to work with them and says then my life changing radically. I started doing music with projects mostly in a in a very rudimentary way because I have no mostly big equipments, just my my PC and something because you know I will live here in in Colombia, South America, I always we have some kind of limitation but Try to, to work more and more, and mostly of my, the kind of my knowledge, the humble knowledge I have, try to put this into the music, and try, this is mostly when I start to work on, on everything on this. Wow, so now you're, you're getting into the music, you're getting into the music now, so um, I listened to some of your stuff, uh, was it Emma, Emma Yah? Yes. Yeah, so... I, I, I liked I like the tribal stuff on it. So what are you doing? Are, are are those live drums? Is that real like tribal drumming in that? 
Are you doing yes. everything electronic or mostly mostly of the stuff is uh, I use uh, what can I say a program in the, in the computer Ableton Live and I also use some analog sounds so analog sound I use uh, metal kinds and drums sometimes sometimes wind uh, instrument but mostly it's process in PC and going with effects and give that kind of of atmosphere that I pretend to to work with is mostly that I need uh, to maybe to to learn how to to put this into in, in life because it's very difficult because I don't have any knowledge about electronic or devices or something but you know when when you are a magician you have a very creative spirit and every time you are creating moving and working on, on all this. Yeah. And you're going to do a, a, a musical collaboration with Michael Ford in Portland, too, aren't you? Yes, yes. We are planning to do a very kind of visual ritual with Asasal in connection with Lilith. And this will be really amazing, amazing piece. We are really working hard on this, and we will have a very good surprise doing a very ritual performance because the idea is to interact and do it uh, with with background music doing some instruments and live and doing a ritual with with michael yeah that's real exciting man i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be really cool so you went to um you, you've been to a couple of these um occult left-hand path conferences prior to this weren't you you went to like st louis and and some other things like that yes I was uh, the first time I was uh, about three, four years in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh huh. Yeah. It was really, really a great, great consortium. And last year it was in San Luis. Was really amazing. It was in the consortium with the friends like Lucas Grochoki, Asen and Mason, Bill Dubin, and it was great because everybody is like a family, sharing ideas because mostly. Some work in paganism, others in satanism, like Toby Chappell, for example, other working with with Cliffhops and Luciferianisms and sharing ideas and sharing with all of them is really great because is the idea is to create always a very great unit community mm-hmm. working all together for the rising of, of the of the Lehampad and the sinister tradition working from different continents together is really awesome idea this is why i love so much the, the idea of the black plane because it's a kind of congregation to to empower more movement uh, yeah. worldwide yeah so i went to um i went to the one last year in portland and um it was pretty pretty intense pretty um significant seeing um, all of this stuff happening and so here's here's the question that I have for you is what do you think all this means so it's only been you know the last five years or so there's been these conferences going on he's like left-hand path conferences and this is a new thing you know as far as I know I mean for years and you know I've been you know uh, you know following the left-hand path and the uh, satanic and setian uh, uh, movements for a couple of decades now and there's never anything like this before you know I, I i got into this stuff during the you know in the, in the late 80s during that when it, when it was a satanic panic 
And so everyone, you know, was 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 pretty, uh, you know, keep it was pretty underground. It was an underground kind of like movement. And and now there's these conferences going on. What do you think that that means in the in the bigger picture of things as far as like society's evolution? Yes, I think it's awakening. People are just tired of being kind of mental slavery and spiritually close so people away people like knowledge unfortunately mm -hmm. today you have a lot of uh, people orders you can boy grimoires people magic is everywhere so people have access to different currents of magic people can choose the the current or the path they want i think it's very important mm -hmm. because it's a signal that uh, the spiritual evolution is coming and every, everybody wants a way to learn, to grow spiritually working, and, and this is very important. So do you think it's going to result, is this going to result in a lasting and meaningful change for, for humanity? Or is this something yes. that's just going to... You know, is it going to fade I and turn into something I think else? Mostly, mostly like a, a ionic evolution in in, in this in this um, century. So we have seen how the with the increase of the years, people are becoming mostly interested in esoteric and magic, mostly in the in dark currents. So people are becoming to explore more the dark side of the nature. So this is very important. I think it's a kind of ionic flux of energy that is coming to, to the planet, emanating from, from the diverse entities or another level of assistance. And this is the reason why so many people are coming in, interested in, in magic, in sorcery, in shamanism, working with plants, other with crystals, but always from a black and perspective is very important yeah i agree and then there's also that um there's that um that 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 show that's on right now on on cbs that's about jack parsons yes. have, you, have you been seeing any of that do you get that at where you're at in colombia yes jack parsons uh, liver babylon is one of the most amazing books i ever read yeah, and I was working with with the Buddha Jack Parson. I understood mostly the nature about Lilith and how the, the connection within uh, to awaken the the feminine aspect in, in men, not the the feminine like uh, uh, sexuality, but mostly that the, the mentality because the women is very important in Lehan path because she always working to the nature of uh, instincts and intuition. And this is this is a point I, I learned more from from Jack Parson and Book of Babylon. Yeah. And and the thing one of the things I think is really significant about that uh, TV show, I think this is one of the first mainstream portrayals of an occult figure and it's not a horror story. Cuz generally anything else is portrayed about occultism, it's a horror story, there's a monster, someone's going to get killed, you know. And, it, and it's all this bad stuff going on. And this is like the first show that portraying someone who was a, a, a magician who's, who's a, just a real person. And he's just pursuing this stuff, you know, to, to make his life better. 
and 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 he works a real job not only that he's very successful in what he did you know with rocket fuel and the whole story about that it's the first real positive like kind of normal portrayal of someone pursuing this and i think that's really significant i can't think of when that's ever happened before where there's been a movie or a tv show you know about an occultist and it wasn't just you know a horror show type thing movie show i i i, I don't understand what your, your question please sorry well, just that I think that that's like really that's really significant. It says something about where we are as a culture right now. That that you know what I mean. That they're portraying Jack Parsons on TV just as a normal person. It's not like a you know what I mean. It's not like you know like the Damien movies or you know stuff like yeah, that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, tell me about. Uh, Tell me about Sirius. You also have uh, a Sirius Limited Esoterica. This is is this one of the books? One of your books? Sirius Limited Esoterica is a small publishing house. Uh -huh. I own work for about six okay. years ago. Okay, gotcha. It's mostly okay. in the working of uh, doing our own uh, books and books for other authors. We have released books from uh, Sting Woodward, Alan Mason, Bill Dubendak, and my own small grimoires and mostly of the anthologies like Clifford Journal and Sabarica, Nosas and Nosomnia, mostly the work I, I have released through it. Also, we release uh, talismans and fetish and CDs because our books always come with, with extra items like print cards and talismans in a very small quantities, mostly for right now. We are working mostly with the 22 books, the loose books, and we just mostly distribute by Miskatonic books and 22 books, and doing for a standard copies mostly 44 books, no more, just more as, as limited editions of, of the books. Excellent. Sounds like you got dogs there. Sorry? You got a dog there? Yeah, yeah, we have two. The small uh, daughters and old dogs. Okay. Uh, they are two schnauzers. Okay. We love dogs. I love pets. So. Oh yeah, no. I I got. Michael, I, I, Michael Michael has like uh, four snakes. I have two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I got dogs too. I've got uh, a couple of big uh, Dobermans and one little uh, Dachshund. So you might hear them. You might hear them barking around here too. But I, I, I think that's important. I think you can you totally judge a person by their a person's character by their dogs. You know, people who have dogs, it's always a certain type of certain type of person. It always shows character in my in my view. Yes, I like those so much. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. So is that part of the so? I, and and I consider dogs. That's part of the serious connection too. You know, serious yes. the dog star. Yes, the, the dogs are like uh, guardians. If, for example, in the in the Mexican Cool of the Dead, Santa Cruz, he has uh, the dogs, the solots. They are dogs that guards the, the people's souls in, in the underworld. So the dogs are very important in many cultures as, as guardians oh, yeah. from the underworld. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's, um, you know, there's Anubis, Right, people talk about Anubis in, in Egyptian. That's like one of the obvious, um, you know, mythological 
occurrences of the dog theme. But I realized, I, I learned recently that dogs are also figure prominently in Zoroastrianism. And in Zoroastrianism, in the Persian system, it's like dogs are, are the only animal that has a place in the afterlife along with, along with humans. And in the funerary, the Zoroastrian funerary rites specifically have a dog involved in it. It's important, like, during this period, and a lot of cultures have this, like, after the body dies, there's, like, this three-day period when the, the soul is, like, sort of, like, threatened, right? Where the soul is going through a transition and it's threatened by, you know, demons or whatever. And, like, having a dog around the, the body at that time helps protect the soul from, uh, help, helps guide the soul on its way. So, again, it comes back to this idea of, of dogs being, like, a guardian and a guide into the, into the afterlife, the underworld. Yes. But yeah, I like dogs. So um, I liked uh, the um, what, what? What was it called? Night Side of Eden. That's what I listened to. What? The Night Side of Eden. Yes, Night Side of Eden is for me. Uh, it's mostly beside the, the book by Kenneth Grant. I see it mostly like a kind of region where they added into the magic and explore the clifods. It's like a region of the subconscious where you can find each one of the stage that leads you to the liberation, leads you to the awakening and the understanding, your own powers, your own energies that are there, but you don't know how to get access to, to them. It's mostly to, to see your shadow self and to know more about your, yourself. And the other side of heaven is like a introspective travel into the sea of wisdom, where you are exploring or eating in the, your own fruits of, of knowledge. It's mostly an, an inner voyage that each person must explore in order to know more about her or himself. Yeah, definitely. So, what do you consider to be the ultimate um what is the ultimate achievement that you wish to obtain with like bringing your your magic into the world what is your ultimate wish that you have to create with it the ultimate goal must be to good hood to not to be a kind of a slave about any spiritual social or uh, limited reality but mostly like to explore to live like like a god in different um, level of assistance in the spiritual in astral and physical and mostly living according to your own will because i think that a person that can release from a kind of enslavement or matrix of, of the reality that we live in is is very important that the humans would need to learn how to see with the mental eye, not to see only the reality as he see with the eyes, but mostly with the mental eye. So good hood is, is very important, I think. I don't know if uh, perhaps it is the, the most important, because it's always uh, we as magicians are learning new work and exploring more and 
I really understand that I need to learn a lot more. But I think in this moment in my life is very important to good food. No, I think I agree with that. I think I agree with that like really strongly. I think that if you're uh, if you realize that you are not free, if you realize that you're basically a slave, then nothing else can really matter. Nothing else can be important other than to be free and to have will. And to me, that comes back to uh, Thelema. To me, that's the, the essence of, of, of Thelema and Aleister Crowley's word and teaching. Definitely. I totally agree with you. Yeah, freedom and will. Well, awesome, Edgar. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in Portland. I think we're going to be sharing a house together, too. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I'm very excited to be there to to know each other and to spare that. Sorry for the, for example, my English is not the best, but I just try to, to speak as fluently as, because you know the, the barriers of language sometimes is, it's just normal. <laughs> my fears, my, my, uh, my native language is Spanish, uh -huh. but I just try to, to speak well English. Oh yeah, no worries, man. I mean, close enough. I mean, we, 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 we connect on enough things that I know where you're coming from, you know? We both know the word, you, we both know the word Thelema, right? So that's yeah. that's really the main word everyone needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, talking with me this evening. Um, do you have any final words or thoughts? Thank you so much. Um, I just hope to see you in some weeks next month there in, in Poland. And thank you so much for the opportunity. And to everybody that come on to the Black Flame because this will be one of the most important events this year coming in in, in North America and even in Canada. So welcome. Yeah. Excellent. Me too, man. Awesome. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be up there. It's going to be so great seeing you up there. And uh, we're going to have a great time. And, and we're going to do a lot of magic. There's going to be a lot of magic. There's going to be a lot of fire. There's going to be a lot of uh, learning and I know everyone's going to like come away from this like a totally, a totally changed person. So it's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. Take care, man. We'll see you soon. See you soon, bro. Okay. Take care. Bye -bye. Bye.